Hello and welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast, episode two of the new series, talking NXT from this week, talking Dynamite from this week, um, all that is to come, two pretty good shows to talk about really, so yeah, we will be talking that and more on the WWE versus AEW podcast. We're about to make history, each and every one of you, we use the word revolution because this is a revolution! I am NXT, and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Bro. This is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. We are NXT! This is what you call a paradigm shift. So yeah, here we go. We are, what, smack bang in the middle of November. Um, So yeah, as I alluded to at the start of the show, two pretty good shows this week. But we're going to start by talking about last week's ratings. Now on the show, I think I predicted about 100,000 win for um, AEW. but I expected last week, the viewers, if you've not seen by now, were AW, for this is for the November 11th set of shows, um, AW had 764,000 viewers and NXT 632,000 viewers. So quite a big win for AW. But I was a little bit, quite a little bit disappointed with the um, actual numbers. I thought coming off the pay-per-view, um, they got a really high number after, um, what was the last one, All Out, after All Out, which probably was a lesser show, if truth be told, than Full Gear, and um, they did get a big number coming off that, but obviously obviously we alluded to last week, there wasn't the big stars wrestling on the show, there was no Kenny Omega, no Young Bucks, no Hangman Page wrestling um, on the show last week, and as for NXT, 632,000 was a bad, bad number, Um from this week, there's not actually um, much competition. I think there's the uh, NBA. Is it the NBA draft? As if that's come around already. The NBA draft, so that might steal some viewers. But I don't know. I was looking at the shows. I think the biggest match advertised on either show for me was the Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley match. I think my prediction would be, obviously, at the time of listening to this, you will have all seen the ratings. We are a couple of hours away from them being revealed at the time of recording, but I expect it to be closer than the 132,000 difference from last week, I think, do expect AW just to slightly win, but I think, if I'm predicting, I'll go 750 AW and 710 NXT, so I do think NXT will bridge the gap, purely because they had Finn Balor advertised to return, so people would have wanted to tune in to find out and um, what he was doing with the championship, which we didn't actually really find out, and the, uh, the big Io Shirai Rhea Ripley match, which they've been putting off for a while now. So yeah, the ratings, I do expect AEW to come out victorious, which is the usual trend. Um, news and notes. Now, I did say last week on the show, we will be doing a Survivor Series preview. Um, that's not going to be on this show. I'm going to do a separate show, um, which will, should be up tomorrow. Should be up sometime tomorrow, previewing the big show this weekend. 
um, Survivor Series. Usually it'd be previewing war games as well, but as you might have seen, assuming you watched NXT this week, they are doing war games on Sunday, December the 6th, not on Survivor Series weekend, um, which they've done in the past. Um, but yeah, it seems to be the trend, doesn't it, going forward, that NXT takeovers on on the same weekend as the WWE pay-per-views. I mean, although I did like, the, for someone like me who likes to go out on a weekend, it, it does help not having a Saturday night and a Sunday night pay-per-view. So yeah, I'd sooner spread it out. It's good, isn't it, having a bit of wrestling to look forward to on the weekend. So I'm someone, people complain about too many pay-per-views. I'm someone who, if there's a wrestling pay-per-view on at the weekend, great. Last weekend, there, do you know what I mean? There wasn't like a big wrestling event. I'm sat here in the UK in lockdown thinking all the times I've been out this summer every weekend there's been a big wrestling show it seems like every week on and then it comes to this lockdown there's no football on it's international weekend which barely counts as football no football on the only thing we had was the impact pay-per-view which didn't bother watching um, I was going to actually um, download that show but woke up logged into Twitter like an idiot didn't realise I followed impact and basically every result was spoiled and I sort of saw they had nobody in the audience. And I have no intention whatsoever of ever watching an empty arena match again. Unless it's Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. But that's a completely um, different story. Um, some other news and notes um, coming out from... Obviously, the big story from WWE has been the Zelina Vega release. I know it's not too much to do with either of the shows tonight. But she was on NXT, so we can claim that. Um, yes, yeah, so as you all know, before Friday on SmackDown, um, WWE released her. I woke, woke up Saturday morning to Twitter in meltdown about this. Um, I think pretty much everything's been said on other podcasts about this. It was WWE didn't really have a choice if she refused to delete her OnlyFans if they didn't want other people coming out and saying, look, we're keeping our stuff if she's keeping hers. They didn't have a choice, really. But at the same time, you can see why she's doing it. Um, like I say, she'll get a job with AW, with Impact, um, and she'll be able to keep a Twitch and her OnlyFans there, so why not do that? She's sacrificed. She's getting paid for three months, isn't she? So she's laughing, really. Um, I was thinking, what could you even do with her on um, an AW? And uh, I was floating about the idea to myself. Maybe you could have her manage, um, like a Ray. I still feel like Ray Phoenix should be a main eventer, or at least floating around the main event scene on um Dynamite in AEW, I can just see having Zelina Vega as his manager, as his mouthpiece, I think that would be a great little act, but obviously, well, I miss it, Dynamite, they sort of um, merge back together, the death triangle, so that won't be happening any time soon, so, um, we will be getting into both shows momentarily, but I just want to talk. I know it's nothing to do, which is the theme of this show. It's called the WWE versus AEW podcast, but I'm just going to briefly talk about New Japan. Um, Sunday, as I say, I was bemoaning the fact there was no um, pay-per-view on this weekend. So I did watch a bit of the uh, Best of the Super Juniors World Tag League. Actually, that's a lie. I watched the entire show wasn't great but did have a really good main event that if people are looking just like just like wet the toes in some of this um action from the best of the super juniors definitely check out the Hiromu versus Ishimori main event um on day one of the tournament really good match from them too and I expect them to go even more further when they have I'm guessing a match at Wrestle Kingdom but it wasn't quite obviously up to the standards of their best of the super juniors final 
um, from Corican Hall back in, what was that now, 2018? 2018? Yeah, it would have been 2018 just before Hiromu got injured at the hands of Dragon Lee. Um, but yeah, that was that was an all-time classic. Speaking of all-time classics, what I wanted to talk about New Japan for was, you might have seen our Twitter talking about this. Sunday, I sat there and I thought, do you know what? I only actually started watching New Japan properly. I don't know, I think the first time I saw New Japan properly was AJ versus um, Nakamura. And then I started properly watching it like a lot of people for, with the uh, Kenny, Omo- Kenny, Omoga? Kenny Omega Okada match from Wrestle Kingdom um, back at the start of 2018. 2018, yeah. Um, so I never actually lived through the Okada Tanahashi feud. I've heard great things about it. I've read a lot about it. And I thought, I was sat and I thought, do you know what? Not much going on. I'm going to watch the first match at a Wrestle Kingdom between the two. I think it was Wrestle Kingdom 7? Wrestle Kingdom 7, maybe? Anyway, the, great match, great match. The, and I sat and thought, do you know what? I'm going to watch Wrestle Kingdom 9. And they had an unbelievable five-star match. And then to top it all off, the third installment of their matches was at Wrestle Kingdom 10? 10, maybe? The, three out of four Wrestle Kingdoms they faced off in the main event for the IWGP title. And no surprise, the three of the best matches I've ever seen, the third one was fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, so if you're bored, if there's not much wrestling on this weekend, which there is, but if you're bored on Saturday, just instead of watching like a two-hour film, just go and watch these Okada Tanahashi matches. If anyone ever says to me, where should I start with New Japan? Go back and watch the three Okada Tanahashi matches from Wrestle Kingdom. So yeah, that's completely off topic, but that's what I've been watching the last week. I've been watching a lot of wrestling, it feels like. Watch SmackDown, watch Raw, but I'll probably talk more about those shows tomorrow when doing the Survivor Series um, preview. So we will get into our review coming up on the shows, and they usually start with Dynamite, but today I had to stop my day job halfway through the day because my tank, I'm going to win the cleanup, my tank hadn't filled up, so it needed filling. It hadn't filled up overnight. It was a problem filling it up. So came back to my flat and uh, thought, I've got about an hour and a half, so I'll squeeze in um, an NXT. So first off today, I watched NXT. So we're going to start by talking about NXT. Uh, yeah, I'm actually watching Dynamite now. Um, I'm probably going to watch NXT tonight, um, but I have heard the spoiler from NXT. Um, so, yeah... Uh- Nice little return from Danny on the show there. Um, so yeah, let's get into NXT, as Danny says. Nice little segue, sex segue, segue there. Um, so yeah, NXT um, opened up with Johnny Gargano versus Leon Rush. Leon, I said Leo, Leo, Leon Rush then uh, for the North American Championship. Um, these two, this was actually a fun little match. It was, I think, it was better than last week. Um, Rough was given a bit more, he looked great in some of the spots, um, yeah, I really enjoyed this, he was in and out of the ropes, he was he was like a young Ray Phoenix, bless him, um, but yeah, he looked really good in this match, um, Priest came out and Ruff rolled him up for two, like the finish from last week, um, Gargano hits the final beat and you think that's over and then bizarrely, Damien Priest pulls Gargano out of the ring at two, Gives Ruff a punch. Sorry, kid. And Ruff retains via DQ. I hate those finishing in WWE. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit... It is stupid, isn't it, really? But they've established that they're willing to finish matches like that. So I guess if they're trying to go the direction of the triple threat, which we would find out later on in the show, that is the way they're going, then yeah, I'm all up for seeing the triple threat between these three. Um, 
Ruff did at the end of the match sort of make him look stupid, where he's like flipping him in and out, running away from them. Um, yeah, I think I do like the idea of a triple threat between um, the three of them. I say I think yeah, I, I like I, I'd like Ruff to get a win. Me just just go all in with someone. Do you know what I mean? Just go all in with someone. You've stuck the title on him. Didn't really get over that much with it, but. Just have him pinned. No, Gargano's not going to lose anything, yeah. It's not like he's ever going to be on the main roster. He's always going to be, do you know what I mean, someone. He's like Champa, can take a loss in NXT, um, can get embarrassed, but he will always be able to be rebuilt and brought back. So people like Champa and Gargano can take losses to people you want to heavily push. And Ruff looked great in this match. So, yeah, I'm all for that. All for it. Speaking of things that I'm not all for, and Matt takes us to the next match, which was the... Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis blindfold match. Uh, this can only be described as an abortion of a match. Cameron Grimes is quite funny, um, but it was fucking stupid, wasn't it, really? I mean, uh, I don't know. It was like something you'd see on WCW or TNA years ago. Um, just Cameron Grimes beating on the ref. Um, he just gets chased by Dexter Loomis. It, it was just a stupid match. And then Cameron Grimes climbs over the cage that's separating the fans from the wrestlers and runs off. Absolute shite. And I was about 25 minutes into this thinking, get me back to cleaning them windows. Um, but then we get a backstage segment where Leon Ruff, not Leo Rush, should be Leon, Leo, Leo Rush. He was fucking great, weren't he? But hey. Hey, he's going to be in New Japan in a few weeks. Um, New Japan of America, anyway. Um, he's backstage, slaps Priest. Um, says that he's nobody's joke, and that's a bit of fire that we want to see from Ruff, and yeah, look, looking good going forward towards this potential triple threat match. Um, we get an advert next, as I alluded to at the start of this show, December 6th will be War Games, and for the second takeover in a row, Shotzi Blackheart is being used um, to build up the show um, in the advert, so it's going to be Team Shotzi Blackheart versus Team Candice LeRae in a War Games match. So yeah. Candice um, and Indy Hartwell versus Katie Catanzaro and Jane and Cart was next. This was a nothing tag team match and Candice pins Cart. Um, I was beginning to think this show, this show was pretty boring for the first. The first half of this show was pretty bad, but it really did pick up after that. Um, Arturo Ruas debuted in a losing effort against Kushida in a... It was an alright match, weren't it? But Kushida wins with... Uh, was it a roll-up? Yeah, I'm not good at taking notes. I think it was a roll-up or something like that. A bridge pin or something. Um, we get a great video next, hyping the main event, where they're asking everyone who's going to win. And I thought this was good. This is what they should have done on um, Dynamite last week for Ray Phoenix Pentagon. Um, but, yeah. So, everyone, they're asking everyone from Champa, from um, Kushida, HBK, Raw Dog, who they thought was going to win the match. Which just made it feel like it was a big match, which it was. And then they didn't even have it main event, but sort of understand um, I put actually in my notes. I've got hopefully Rhea loses and goes to Raw um, to face Oscar and Charlotte for the title. And looks like my notes might have paid off because by the finish of that match, it looks like I, mean, I think she might be going to SmackDown though. But we will see. We'll see. Um, next, we get Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Tony Storm and Ember Moon. This was a really good tag match. Much better than the earlier tag. This was really where the show started to pick up in my eyes. Um, Tony Storm looks like a star, really, with a new entrance. Uh, Ember Moon was the MVP of this match for me. I thought everything she did in the match was crisp. She looked great out there. She looked like she was having the time of her life. Really enjoyed watching her. 
And the match ends when Tony Storm rolls up Dakota Kai for the pin. Interesting note that Dakota Kai is the one taking the pin and not Raquel Gonzalez. I think we all know now that Raquel Gonzalez is the one that they're trying to set up. Probably she's going to be the one that takes the Rhea Ripley spot on the NXT women's roster. But yeah, really good match. And um, yeah, uh, at the end of the match, Indy and Candice come out and they attack Tony and Ember, throw them back in for Dakota and Raquel to beat down. So it does like look like um, Team Candice has been established for War Games with it looking likely to be um, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, obviously Candice, LeRae, and Indy Harwell. Um, next, we have Timothy Thatcher versus his student. I've not took the guy's name down, which I apologise for. Um, Thatcher chokes him out, basically. And Champa, who was saying last week on the show that he was sick and tired of the attitude of these current stars, current wrestlers in NXT, and he was sick and he was going to make a point. Um, and Champa comes out to sort of semi-make the save on the student, and he backstage says that he wants to fight Thatcher, whereas Thatcher was a bit reluctant in this, but yeah, I have no problem with them main event in an NXT, um, a weekly show at some point, or have them face off at TakeOver War Games. You can't say War Games, can you, without thinking of William Regal. Um, we get a bit of build for the triple threat, which which was, we'll talk about later. It was... It was all right, weren't it? But um, yeah, triple threat is surely coming at Takeover War Games, um, and then next it is your main event. So we thought it was the main event. Finn Balor was actually the main event, um, but yeah, this this match made me laugh. They put up the graphic on the screen, the tail of the tape, Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and uh, Vic Joseph bless him goes. Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley, they're evenly matched, and I'm looking, and the first thing is height. Five foot one, Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley, five foot ten. Thought, yeah, evenly matched. Of course, the Arvik. Um, but yeah, this match, this match, it was for the NXT Women's Championship. Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley. I've wanted to see these two get time for ages. They had the match um, in the summer on NXT television, which ended. Like, I think Charlotte came out, caused the DQ, but they let him go fully. They went probably about 20 minutes. It was a brutal match, brutal strike. It looked at first they was feeling each other out, and it was a little bit. Mm, do you know what I mean? It wasn't great the first couple of minutes, but then they proper got going. Referee was doing my head, and he kept. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with a referee asking if they're okay, but every minute he's asking, Are "You all right? Are you all right? Are you okay?" Whispering stuff to people. I thought maybe someone legitimately injured or what. Um, even Rhea at one point was like, leave me alone. Um, but yeah, so Rhea Ripley's ear got cut from a brutal kick from Shirai. She, it can't have been that affecting that much because at first she was checking for blood from her nose, which there wasn't on. It was from her ear, um, around that earring. Um, but yeah, the, the most of the matches just, E.R. Shirai just absolutely destroys Rhea Ripley's left arm. Great work. Um, it, it was just great match, great match. Um, it ends with EO putting Rhea through the t- through the announce table with a power bomb, brutal landing, getting her back in the ring, hitting the moonsault, and the clean win one two three. So there was definitely EO Shirai retained the title. There was definitely no sense of a rematch coming, which they would have been doing a rematch at Takeover if Rhea Ripley was indeed staying on NXT for me. They would have done. We had Rhea Ripley hugging after the match. Rhea Ripley's going to the main roster. She she has to be. This is a last match in NXT. I'd I'd be I'd be willing to wager money on it. Um, Rhea Ripley will be leaving NXT. Watch her be out there next week, but she, nah, she's got to be leaving. 
Um, and yeah, I'm not sure who Io Shirai's next challenge will be. Maybe Raquel Gonzalez after TakeOver. But hmm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But either way, um, Rhea Ripley, about time, is on the main roster. Because um, NXT, people, I've been reading on Twitter, people saying that, on one of my tweets, saying that, good luck to her. But let's be honest, it's not like she's been getting booked any better in NXT since that loss to Charlotte at WrestleMania. But yeah, think of the matches we can see. Rhea Ripley is not, I'm, ugh, I don't like saying that she's not some, do you know what I mean? The amount of times you thought, oh, Vince is going to push them. But with Rhea Ripley, I'd be willing to, yeah, he, he's got to. She, he, she's going to be in the main event scene. In the title scene, she can be having matches with Sasha, Bailey, and Bianca Belair on SmackDown or on Raw. She can give Oscar a much-needed opponent. And then that, she'll probably, she, I think, get her on Raw, have her take the title off Oscar, and then you can have this match at, the, at WrestleMania with Charlotte. The rematch where Rhea Ripley rights the wrongs of last year, gets a win, hopefully in front of some people in the crowd. But yeah, great match. Go out your way to watch this one. I absolutely loved it. And would like to see them face each other at some point again down the road. Um, Finn Balor comes out as Eo Shirai's heading back. Congratulates Eo on a win. But then he sort of like palms him and says, but now the main thing's here, which I didn't really like. But um, yeah, uh, for the brand come out, Pete Dunne and Pat McAfee. And yeah, so basically they just, Pat McAfee does what he's done for the last few weeks. Cuts a promo, great promo. Um, but Bala says, the mice have been playing while I've been away, but now the cat is home. And look what the cat dragged in. As shock the system hits over the building and Undisputed come out and have a four-on-four fight with, what they call, for the brand. Yeah. So it looks like, well, it is, it's going to be for the brand versus Undisputed in a War Games match at TakeOver. So... Really good ending to the show. Really, I really enjoyed the last hour of the show. Good tag team match with Tony Storm, Ember Moon, um, Dakota Kai and Gonzalez. Um, we got a great match between Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. And then we got a nice little angle at the end building to War Games. But yeah. So it looks like they're going to keep Balor out of action for a bit longer. Just keep him in and around. And then you could, I was thinking, just have Pete Dunne maybe get the pin uh, at War Games or whatever. Yeah. And then Pete Dunne can chase Finn Balor for the title. That's a match I'd love to see Balor versus done um for the title you can build towards that um so yeah i'm all for ballot versus done with pat mcafee helping out done um yeah that'd be a really great great stuff but yeah really good it was a tale of two two halves really it reminded me of a really good football match it was one of them football matches it was nil nil at half time but by the end it had been a topsy-turvy 2-2 so yeah if you not a football fan you're wondering what i'm going on about but yeah so a weak half, opening half of the show, but it was backed up by a really solid second half of the show. So yeah, I enjoyed NXT. Um, good show. So with that, we will move on to AEW Dynamite from Daily's Play. Show opens up with uh, the Young Bucks versus Top Flight. We get, I did like the fact we got a nice little video package sort of explaining how the match came together. That um, it was, was it from Twitter where Top Flight, someone from Top Flight tweeted... The Young Bucks asking for a match. Might have even been Instagram. Um, but yeah, 19 and 20 top flight. So that, that's really, really fucking young to be on um, Dynamite. But this match versus the Young Bucks that opened the show, it was a lot of promise. They looked really good for their age. I was very, very impressed. Um, I'd even go one further by saying, I, I think they look better than Private Party. 
I mean, obviously, I think the match Private Party had with the Young Bucks on Dynamite was better than this slightly, but, you know, back in that tag team tournament all those years ago. But I think, for me, Private Party, have, they've not stalled, but I don't know, I feel like these look a bit more polished. I think Private Party are more green than these two. Um, but yeah, Young Bucks, they're just great to have these sort of matches with these sort of tag teams, and they just look like a young version of Young Bucks, didn't they? Some really great high flying. Uh, one of the kids had great leaping ability. Um, he did that a few times, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. Fun opener, it was about 10 minutes. Um, you'd like to think these two will have matches years to come. Um, I'm not sure. I think Top Flight have appeared on Dark, I've heard. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know that much about them, but... I, one thing I would say, get him signed. Get 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 him signed. We don't want another case of Ben Carter. If you well, if you're AEW, you don't. Where he's like he he kills it on dark, and then he's snapped up by. Well, it looks like he's snapped up by WWE. So yeah, get these guys in. I mean, I'm not supposed to be biased, which I'm not. But as a tag team, a young tag team, I want to see you in AEW. You're gonna get more of a chance in AEW as a young tag team than you are in the WWE because WWE doesn't really care about tag team wrestling. Um, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, after the match, the Young Bucks get the win, obviously. Uh, hybrid to attack, so it does look like um, Top Flight are here to stay. You, the hybrid 2 against Top Flight probably be, we'll probably see that on Dark, I'm guessing. Maybe on Dynamite, if you're impressed. But I feel like, I feel a bit sorry, because I think this match would have been helped more with a crowd. This was, it, it was a really good match. I enjoyed this match. Um, we get um, one of the two v- video packages of the Inner Circle in Vegas. Um, I was expecting a bit, but it was all right when it was just exactly what you would expect it to do, just showing them basically partying through Vegas. But yeah, we get the next video package was better. This was detailing the revolution of AEW, of the people in AEW. We had Nyla Rose talking about being transgender. Um, we just had it was some it was really good video put together. Um, basically saying that we, Hangman Page was like, we're the outcasts of wrestling, talking about how wrestling never had a competitor, um, we haven't had a competitor for 20 years, Cody's saying how we have got um, a 40-year advantage on them, but yeah, this was a really great video, and if you watch this video as like a casual, I'm hoping they, they air this on maybe, like I don't know, maybe, I don't know, a basketball game or something, you're going to be drawn to it, it was a great advert, great piece of video, um, so yeah, they need to get this video out there because I think it would draw more viewers. Um, but we got uh, another good video package with Moxley cutting an interview, um, and he's basically just talking about him and his his dad told him when he was a kid that he, they were the good guys, and it was a it was a really strong promo. He was talking about how he's beat down and it hurts him getting out of bed every day. Um, alluded to Renee Young being pregnant, which I'm sure a lot of people are getting excited about over on Twitter, um, well, they're having a kid, I'm sure it's great for them, congratulations, but yeah, um, whatever, um, but yeah, so then we get the graphic, AEW, winter is coming, December the 2nd, great little graphic, um, and it's Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the AEW World title, which we get the contract signing kind of later on, next, Orange Cassidy versus Kip. Sabian. Not gonna lie, I was bored during this. Um, I feel like Orange Cassidy matches should feel like an event. It 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 was like a special thing, Orange Cassidy wrestling at the start of AEW, but now it's just it's just overexposure. Seems to happen weekly, and I don't. It's even worse without a crowd, and I don't need to see it. He should be kept at the bare, the very bare minimum. 
while there's no crowd. Even when there is a crowd, the bare minimum, but especially when there's no crowd there. Um, speaking of no crowd there, flipping it, but all, you've all seen that AEW have been struggling with ticket sales. I thought last week, where's all the crowd? Looked like there was no more than 100 in there this week, and they offered, they've put um, a deal up offering three weeks um, of attending the show for $45. Can't work it out, me. Like, I was I was talking to uh, mate Neil, and he, we was like, if we were in Jacksonville, we'd be going most weeks. Like, don't know. Like, people say, oh, there's a pandemic going on. You can't go each week to watch it. But I'm thinking, I go and watch my football team every week. If, if Preston were playing every week at Deepdale now, I'd be there every week. Yeah? But, I don't know. Accrington Stanley could get more each week on than Dynamite are managing in Jacksonville. But, hey, back to Orange Cassidy. Um, yeah, I didn't give a shit about this match. Um, I've just put a tweet up on Twitter, actually, speaking about... I'm listening to Miro on commentary, and I'm thinking... I remember being sat there in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome at WrestleMania 34, and Rusev was the most over guy on that card. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I can't wait till AEW get their hands on him. For the last year, I've been thinking that they will do something with this guy, which they probably will at some point, but... The introduction, he's been there for at least two months now, and it's just been, it's been crap. It's been crap, on it? Let's be honest. Um, and he's wearing my red Adidas shorts as well, but he comes in, attacks uh, Orange Cassidy after the match, and they just need to sort this out. For me, I want to see Miro build up, have him facing Cody, get him involved in the TNT Championship picture, get him facing Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, that's what I want to see. This shit, I'm, nobody cares about, no offence, nobody cares about Kip Sabian. People are drastically, for me, losing interest in Orange Cassidy. But, yeah, he's stuck in the middle of this. Um, next, we get the Moxley Omega contract signing. I did laugh as Kenny Omega's come into the ring. And Justin Roberts says, Unlike John Moxley, Kenny Omega is a Wrestling Observer Hall of Famer. It's caused a bit of controversy this week with uh, Kenny being inducted into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. I got a bit of abuse. Pe- people saying that, oh, if Sting's not in there, why is Kenny Omega But I don't want to offend anyone, but for me, Kenny Omega's had better matches than Sting. So, Kenny Omega... I'm not saying Sting shouldn't be in there, but Kenny Omega's had two of the best matches ever. So, for me, get him in, but whatever. Um, you, don't, you know, it's Twitter. People get annoyed on Twitter, don't they? Me included. Um, but, yeah. It's basically Kenny comes out. He's dressed full-on cleaner mode in his blazer and his shirt with the top buttons and done black sunglasses. Um, backstage, we see Moxley, who's been taken out with a bloody nose. Um, Jerry Lynn saying when he's getting to the hospital and Omega says he just basically alludes that he's trying to duck him again because if you remember they were scheduled to face at All Out back in August of 2019 but um, Moxley injured his elbow I think and that match was delayed until full gear and I think Moxley faced Pac and lost on that show but yeah and then at the end of it, Omega's trying to sign the contract and the fucking pen didn't work. I was like, mate, as someone who has to write notes on cards and post it through customers' doors, I feel your pain of pens not working. Hey, I used to work in a bookies. Oh, they might pens that wouldn't work when you needed them to. So I feel your pain, Kenneth. Um, we get the final... I was a bit disappointed in some of these. It was a little bit funny, but I was sort of expect. You think Inner Circle hitting Vegas, the things they could do, and it was just them waking up, bit hungover... We had Sammy trying to cut himself. Sammy's well. Sammy got married three times by the looks of it. Tries to cut himself, not in that order. Um, well, it wasn't much to write home about from this. It was. I'm guessing some of it was funny, but I expected better. But I think I've just got that high standards for AW. 
Um, but yeah, it was it was it, it was there. It wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, Pack versus the Blade next. Pack taps out Blade. We get um, a three on one beatdown as Pack is beaten down by the Blade, the Butcher. And, obviously, Eddie Kingston, who was on commentary for this match. Phoenix comes out, tries to make the save, gets beaten down. Penta comes out, looks like he's going to help. But he turns on his so-called best friend, Eddie Kingston. And it looks like the Death Triangle are reunited. So, looks like we're getting the Death Triangle versus Eddie Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade. Maybe we'll see Pentagon turn later on down the line. But, I'm all for seeing the Death Triangle um, do what they were meant to do when they was formed a group late February, early March. Um, backstage, Jane Cargill attacks Brandy Rhodes. Is it Jane? Is it Jade? I don't know. Attacks Brandy Rhodes backstage. Yep, great. Uh, Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rose rematch from the All Out. All Out from the Full Gear buy-in. Um, this match, I feel like a lot of people are overrating this. It was good, wasn't great. Um, it was a bit very clunky first five minutes. A little bit, a little bit like Io Shirai. Um, Rhea Ripley, it felt like they was feeling each other out the first few minutes, and it was a bit awkward in spots. Um, but we get Britt Baker, she comes out, attacks. Well, first, is it Reba? Distracts Thunder Rose, but Britt comes out, attacks her outside the ring. Finally, we're going to get a nice feud for Britt Baker that isn't Big Swole. Um, so Britt Baker, Thunder Rose are going forward. That is something I'm interested in. Um, Serena Deeb retains the NWA women's title in a decent match. It did get better after Britt Baker came out. Um, it was all right. Um, Thunder Rolls attacks Britt Baker post-match. who just happened to be ringside, which was peculiar. But hey, I'm all for a Thunder Rolls with Britt Baker feud. Um, maybe have them square off at Winter is coming in two weeks. Um, we get announced. The matches for next week is Shida versus Anna J, now known as 99. Um, Pac and Phoenix versus The Butcher and The Blade. Will Hobbs in action. And Jericho and Hager, if you remember, they said they was going to take the tag team division by storm. Jericho and Hager versus SCU. So I'm thinking that we're going to get the Young Bucks versus Jericho and Hager going forward. Maybe you'll see that at the uh, Bash at the Beach, is it, in January? Um, but I'm definitely expecting to see Jericho and Hager go through tag team week after week before getting to the Young Bucks. Jericho has said himself he likes working with the Bucks. Um, main event time, Cody and Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks, Brian Cage. This was a really fun TV main event. Um, it was good. It was a good tag team main event. That's all I can really say. Um, interestingly, I wasn't expecting this. Uh, Brian Cage gets the pin on Darby Allen. So it looks like we're going to be going forward maybe with Brian Cage versus Darby Allen. Um, I was kind of thinking I wanted to see Ricky Starks, Darby Allen, but hey, um, Hobbs comes out, makes the save, so it seemed in the post-match beatdown, but a little bit early for me, but I'm I'm fine with it. Um, Hobbs turns on Cody Rhodes, nails him with the FTW Championship, and joins Team Taz. I was hoping we'd get to see Hobbs um, teaming up with Moxley, but maybe it was Hobbs that took out Moxley, who knows. Um, so maybe if you're assuming Omega takes the title off Hob, I mean, if you, I was thinking Omega could take the title off Moxley at Winter is Coming, yeah, and it could reveal that Hobbs was the one who made him weak for the match going into it, and then we could get Hobbs versus Moxley going forward with Hobbs as a heel, but for the time being, it looks like Hobbs is going to be feuding with Cody, and Cage has got Darby Allen. don't know where this leaves Ricky Starks, but it's nice to see Team Taz getting, up, getting over, and I'm down the road, we, we could see Death Triangle versus Team Taz, now they're a three-man band, and um, so yeah, the possibilities are endless. 
So yeah, it was a hectic dynamite. Wasn't the best show. It was a really good show. I enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, that that was your two shows from this week. I feel like I've whew, need to take a breath. Um, hopefully, you the listeners are not thinking that. But it's time for the awards of the week for November eighteenth. And I'm looking at um, our poll. At the moment, who had the better show? We've got 50% Dynamite, 41% NXT, and 9% The Draw. Um, so, yeah, it was really tight this week, really tight. I'm going to start with the match of the week, which was, for me, undoubtedly, Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. That was a great match. Um, Honourable mention to the Young Bucks versus Top Flight match as well. But easy decision, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, best thing on either show um, this week. But, for me, the better show, I'm going to go with the majority on our poll. I agree. The winner of the week, for me, in terms of show quality, was Dynamite. Slightly. I felt like they had an overall... It was a decent to good show the whole way through, whereas NXT had that horrible opening half an hour or so. Um, So, yeah, winner of the week is Dynamite for the second week in a row. And match of the week goes to NXT in Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley. So yeah, that wraps it up for another week. I just want to thank everyone for listening. We had I was really happy with the viewers and the downloads that we got from last week's show. Um, plenty more people subscribing on YouTube. Just search us on YouTube, type in WWE versus AEW. Find us on Twitter at WWE versus AEW. Find me on Twitter at Ball, capital B, Daniel. Um, and yeah, subscribe, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, if you're looking for us, I don't know why we're not on Google Podcasts, I don't know why we have to look into this, but if you want the show on Google Podcasts, just search in Neutral Wrestling, I have uploaded the show onto that, so you can listen to it on Google Podcasts, just, I just want to thank everyone, we got a few good reviews for the show last week, um, and people have been retweeting our, our stuff, hope you're enjoying the show, um, I will be back tomorrow previewing Survivor Series, so look out for that, I'll be back on Monday reviewing the Survivor Series, and then I'll be back next Thursday to review next week's action, as it's technically the go-home show for Winter is Coming, the television special. And yeah, I will speak to you all next week on the WWE vs. AEW podcast. Thanks for listening.